Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Greetings and welcome to this week's Realty Talk show. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance and we've got another great show lined up for you. The gender pay gap, maternity leave and relationship breakdowns are leaving about a third of women with absolutely no retirement savings. So what can they do about it? Well, a new book, The Female Investor, has just been published to solve this and co-author Nicola McDougall from Bricks and Mortar Media joins us to discuss the details. As home values soar around the country, housing affordability concerns are growing and new startup Own Home has developed a unique rent-to-buy model to solve it. Co-founder James Bauer joins us to reveal the details. And to close out the show, I continue our special series on the critical importance of property management to your investment success by discussing the risks, the benefits, and the costs of property management. And before we share all of this with you, make sure you don't miss an episode of Realty Talk by signing up on the realty.com.au homepage so that you can get every show in your inbox every week. And I'll even give you a free copy of my award-winning book, Get Invested, for making the effort. We've got a lot to unpack, so let's get on with the show. Greetings and welcome. Now, are you, or do you know, a woman who's struggling to make ends meet and is concerned about her financial future? Unfortunately, the gender pay gap and maternity leave alongside increasing rates of divorce and separation, mean that one in three women stop work with no retirement savings at all. And those that do manage to save often end up with less than half of the retirement funds of we mere males. Now, for me, these are shocking statistics in this day and age. So what can hardworking Aussie women do about it? Well, thankfully, today's special guest and new Pippa Chair, Nicola McDougall of Bricks and Mortar Media, has co-authored her new book, The Female Investor, which gives women an easy step-by-step guide on how to safely, easily, and affordably secure their financial future through property investment. So to reveal the details, welcome back to the show, Nicola. Thanks, Bushy. Thanks for such a lovely introduction. I'm excited, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's going to fill a really good niche in the market. And congratulations on getting the book out there. I think it's, it's very timely. But to sort of kick things off diving into that, why is the subject of female investors so close to your heart? Well, to start off with, for all of those reasons that you outlined in, in the intro there, Bushy, you know, quite horrifying statistics of the poor uh, financial outcomes for women. You know, you could probably blanket it as, as that statement, right? Uh, and whether it's, you know, d- during their working lives or in their twilight years where more women, uh, more single women than men are living in poverty, in Australia in retirement, um, more, more women than men are having to sell the family home and move into rental accommodation in retirement and more elderly single women than men are having to return to the workforce because they just do not have the funds to survive, you know, 10 or 20 years, you know, I suppose the, the twilight of your life and they don't have the funds available. Um, so, you know, those sort of statistics are a very, very strong motivator for myself and for, for Kate. Uh, yep. For me personally, 
I am the product of everything that we talk about in, in the book. I um, started buying property in my early 30s when I was a single and I bought a, I built a portfolio by myself uh, while I was single. Um, th doing those things, when I, doing that when I was in my 30s has made a huge difference in my life uh, in my 40s and beyond. Um, I'm now married. I still retain ownership of several properties outside of my marriage. I have financial independence from my husband. Um, we, we build assets together, uh, but both of us um, are dedicated to our having financial independence from each other. And that's very important for me uh, as a female investor, as a feminist, um, that I wanted to, so important to me that I wanted to pass on everything that I have learned uh, from doing it myself, but also from, you know, being involved in the industry for so many decades um, and having access to a lot of information. I was talking to someone the other day, I think I've written more than a million words about property uh, over my career. Uh, so, you know, that are some of the reasons why it was so important to me. And I did have the idea for the book several years ago. Uh, and it was about June last year where Kate and I decided that we would team up and uh, write it together. Fantastic. Well, uh, very exciting and it, it really does uh, fill a niche. But uh, one of the things I want to uh, sort of drill into, the, the book provides an overview for women interested in strategic property ownership. Mm. Can you enlighten us a little more on this concept, please, Nicola? It was it was very interesting um, during the, you know, the process of, of getting the book published, which is through Wiley. Um, you know, as you, when you write a book, um, you have to come up with the avatar of, of, your, of your reader. Uh, for us, it's it's every it's half the world's population, uh, so probably not very niche. Uh, and we were very mindful that we wanted uh, to pass on information to women to understand how they can strategically buy property, because we recognise that many women, um, you know, don't may not be able to buy an investment property as such. But what we want them to know about is how to buy a home with an investment mindset, um, yeah. and it, and even going so far as. Uh, for women who may need to live in a particular location because of family responsibilities. And this is for single and women that are in relationships uh, yep. because every, you know, each person has different risk profiles. And I've certainly met many women whose husbands actually were more conservative risk-wise um, yep. where they would understand that they could understand the things that would enable them to purchase a property strategically in a particular location so that it could do more heavy lifting for them financially over the years ahead. So yeah. when, when, you know, the book is called The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security and Freedom Through Property. Um, but it touches on both of those things. It's certainly for women who may want to buy an investment property or investment properties. Um, and we believe that, you know, most women should be able to do that. But it's also for women um, who want to understand if they perhaps um, have one more opportunity to buy up to purchase a home, how they can select one that may grow in value the most over the years ahead. Yeah, brilliant. Awesome. Now, as a successful property investor yourself, uh, is there anything that you'd would have done differently if you had your time again. Mm. And then in the book, we we are, as warts and all, we talk about the good stuff and we talk about the bad stuff. I think there's actually a chapter in there called The Truth About Property Investment. And during the book, we actually, you know, provide our own stories of when we've stuffed up. You know, we, we, all, we all pay learning fees, right, when, as property investors and we're learning as yep. we're going. And, and certainly myself, probably the number one thing that, um, oh, well, we could always say I wish I'd started earlier, but uh, the number one thing was I bought an off the plan unit. 
um, in South Brisbane in, twi- in 2012. Um, at the time, uh, it was 425, top floor. I mean, it, it's actually a very nice building, but um, as we all know, re- you know, horrendous oversupply happened in that location. Um, yeah. I still have that in my portfolio only because uh, it's 2022 now. Um, it settled in, uh, I think it was July 2013 from memory. It's only now worth as much as I paid for it. Wow. Um, so that was a huge learning fee for me to, to, to you know, to have to pay. Um, and was because at the time I knew a lot about real estate because I was working at the REIQ, but I didn't know a lot about investing strategies. So if I had my time again, if I'd spent that $425, um, I could have bought quite a nice little renovator house, um, you know, closest to Brisbane or Adelaide or anything like that. And it probably be worth double what I paid. Uh, so that is my number one big boo-boo. Uh, and throughout the, as I say, we all, we all, you know, I'm sure you've got some interesting ones yourself, Bushy, sure you know? <laughs> and we've all got anchors in our portfolio. Um, and certainly my intention is to try and uh, jettison that one uh, now that I can actually get my money back. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, it's really good that you're doing a warts and all share of the good, bad and the ugly, because that's, you know, we, we learn more from the bad stuff than we do the good stuff generally. So uh and which which means it's going to be a great read. So how can women, and and I'm assuming it's not, while it's targeting women, it's going to be just as relevant for men. Uh, how can we get a copy of your book then, Nicola? That's right. I mean, the, the uh, information in there is not gender specific. Uh, however, the, you know, it's targeted to women for all the reasons that we've outlined um, that we want them to uh, take control of their financial future. Um, it comes out in bookstores on the 1st of April. Um, it is actually available for pre-order now. Um, the usual suspects, Amazon, Booktopia, um, the major book retailers are starting are stocking it online as well, but physically in the bookstores um first week in April which is really exciting so um if anyone would like to we've had some really good sales coming through online as well so um things are looking good for us and and like you said I really hope um that men get behind the book as well if they wanted to support uh, a female in their lives whether that is their 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 daughter their wife their mother their auntie uh, their female friend um, or even if they wanted to pretend, uh, put another book on the outside and they're reading it on the inside, then that'd be good too. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to come up with a couple of covers, I reckon. But uh, no, I love it. That's a- absolutely fantastic work, Nicola. And uh, thanks for sharing this and the, the opportunity that uh, you've created for people on the show today. Thanks, Bushy. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Nicola. Well, there you have it. If you're a woman or you know a woman who's worried about a financial future, and is looking for a simple yet powerful guide that will teach you the ins and outs of the property market and reveal how you can grow a modest sum into a small fortune that's going to help you achieve financial independence, provide for your family, prepare for your retirement, and realise your best life, make sure they grab a copy of The Female Investor. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. Know How has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. 
So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Hi, and welcome back. Now, with house prices rising between 20 to 30% across the country in the last 12 months, the old chestnut of housing affordability is rising its head again, as first-time home buyers and many others are struggling to keep pace as their dream of home ownership just keeps running further away from them. But do we have a housing affordability problem or an accessibility problem? Because it's the size of the deposit that's required to buy a home that's proving to be the biggest hurdle for property buyers to realise their home ownership dreams. And we're talking about home deposits of anywhere between 100 grand right up to 300 grand, depending on how much you're able to borrow and where you live around the country. So what can we do about housing affordability or housing accessibility as I prefer to call it? Well, to discuss this, we're joined by James Bauer, the co-founder of an innovative new startup called Own Home that's looking to help you solve this problem based on their advanced rent-to-buy or buy-now-pay-ladder model that actually has the backing of none other than the Commonwealth Bank. So welcome back to Realty Talk, James. Great to be here. Thanks, Bushy. Great, mate. Now, uh, let's dive into this. Uh, what role is intergenerational wealth playing in the market for first-time buyers today? Yeah, well, there's this pervasive myth that all you need to do to get onto the property ladder is to rent and save. Um, and in many ways, it's a, it's a harmful myth, um, you know, that if you haven't saved for a deposit, then you don't deserve yet the benefits that flow um, from home ownership. But we know that property price growth has dramatically outstripped wage growth. Um, and we know that 80% of working households have 50K or less in the bank, which is well below what you need for a deposit. And it's actually less than you need for stamp duty alone for a medium priced house in Sydney. And so what we've seen um, is this sort of shadow finance in the form of the bank of mum and dad has sort of stepped into that void, very understandably. Um, and so, you know, to the extent that this youngest generation feels like they must be doing something wrong when they see that their peers have sort of made strides onto the property ladder in their early 20s, um, what we do know is that the majority of successful first homeowners are actually relying on direct financial support from the bank of mum and dad. And that's really just an inevitable consequence of the massive imposition. And there are all sorts of problems that sort of flow um, from, from this myth um, and this increasing reliance on the bank of mum and dad. You know, for one, it's really delightful and limiting options of our parents as they sort of contemplate retirement, um, but feel the need to sort of extend themselves and support their children in what they see as, you know, an increasingly unaffordable prospect. And then at a societal level, you know, we need to ask ourselves when we know just how powerful a wealth creation engine property ownership has been, um, you know, the wealth of the average homeowner is 20 times greater than uh, a renter at the age of 65. We have to ask ourselves, do we actually want the deciding factor in access to that asset class to be whether or not you have access to that intergenerational um, wealth transfer? And so we're working hard to um, create new paths to home ownership that overcome that initial deposit hurdle. Yeah, I love it. And it, it is, as you say, it's a two-edged sword. It's not only uh, assisting those getting to home ownership, but it's not then hamstringing 
mum and dad in relation to their own wealth goals as far as their future retirement is concerned. So it's a very good point. Um, tell me, uh, James, what can Australia learn then from both overseas and other countries in efforts to tackle this issue of housing affordability and the, the deposit hurdle? Yeah, so I, I spent quite a number of years overseas. I spent eight years in the US and, and the UK and my co-founder, Tim, spent a lot of time uh, in London as well as, as the Middle East. And what we saw is that there are um, a proliferation of multiple paths to home ownership overseas and that rent to own specifically is an incredibly mature model overseas. So we've got the government supported uh, rent to own pathway in the UK, also in Singapore, uh, the Canadian government has just announced a billion dollar public private partnership for rent to own. And it's a core pillar um, of their strategy to tackle access to housing. And But what, when we turn to Australia, we see that there's um, a disproportionate reliance on sort of lenders mortgage insurance and a 10 or 20% deposit plus stamp duty approach. And so we asked ourselves, um, you know, why can't this pathway exist in Australia? And what we, we do know, and, you know, we were briefly talking about it just before this show started, the reputation of rent to own. Uh, we're, you know, very clear that in, in the context of Australia, rent to own has an understandably tarnished reputation. Um, and what we believe is that that's really the consequence of those individual operators. But when we actually cast our minds globally, we can see that it's a really sound um, path to home ownership um, that does specifically help overcome that deposit hurdle. Yeah, well, well let, let's get specific on that then uh, uh, and, and get you to talk to us about how Own Home actually does help solve this runaway deposit housing accessibility issue. So Own Home, uh, very specifically, is a 2.5% upfront cost. And that's actually one-tenth of the upfront cost um, for an equivalent you know, 20% deposit plus stamp duty plus conveyancing. Um, and then for the period that a customer is with Own Home, um, they're actually saving towards that future purchase. So 35% of their monthly payments each month are going towards the accrual of this deposit towards that purchase um, back from Own Home. And on top of that, you know, we often think about it as getting the best of both worlds. Um, for the period that the customer is sort of a tenant with Own Home, albeit with all of those extra benefits like being able to undertake renovations, Own Home is taking care of all of the typical costs that go along with property ownership that many people, uh, myself included, you know, often forget, you know, strata costs, council rates, um, maintenance and repairs, uh, all of those things are, are taken care of by Own Home. And actually, you know, we're really leaning into how do we make that an incredibly delightful experience? So, you know, if I think of my own, you know, apartment in Sydney, if the, if something breaks, you know, I've got to Google and find out who the local, you know, repair person is for that. In contrast, you know, our customers, broken washing machine, get on the app, um, there's a field service agent that's vetted, sent out right away to, to remedy that. So above and beyond sort of the, the cost um, proposition of Own Home, we're really excited about um, our ability to improve that buyer's agent experience, the front end and the diligence of the properties. But then effectively what you could almost think of as like the operating system for being a homeowner and making that um, a much more delightful experience, you know, 
for, for an individual, this is the first time that they've ever confronted it for own home um, as a scale provider of these services. This is, you know, the umpteenth time that we've count, encountered that edge case. Yeah, a lot of you providing an educated way for people to transition into ownership in a way that they start to understand the responsibility that goes with it and they're in a better position so they do that properly once they've you know, got full fledged ownership of the exercise, once they uh, exercise the option and, and uh, take on the property within a sort of three to seven year time horizon that this allows. So I love it. Uh, great work and uh, thanks for sharing these insights and innovations, James, and thanks again for the time on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, James. So there you have it. If you're looking to overcome the housing affordability deposit hurdle and get on the home ownership ladder sooner rather than later, to avoid missing the bus as home values keep running away from you without having to rely on the bank on that, reach out to James and his team at ownhome.com to find out if this is the solution for you or perhaps your kids. You're watching Australia's most popular property show here on Realty Talk. Greetings and welcome. This week, we continue our focus on the question of whether you should DIY versus professionally property manage your investment property. Last week, we revealed the stats on property management, confirming that between 400,000 to 660,000 investors still self-manage their properties. I outlined some horror stories. I gave an outline of everything that's involved in managing your property. And I gave you the questions that you need to ask yourself to determine if self-managing is actually the right option for you. Today, we pick up where we left off by weighing up all of the risks of self-managing your rental property. So in addition to some of the risks that I outlined last week, other risks of self-managing your rental property include the following five key considerations. Firstly, while a private landlord can place ads in the local newspaper and online, the prospective pool of tenants is smaller than property managers, hence the potential to find the right tenant and best available tenant is also smaller. Secondly, as mentioned last week, tenants who look for private rental ads that don't involve a property manager quite often don't have the best rental history. Because these prospective tenants understand the ins and outs of the rental process, they quite often opt for private listings to avoid background checks that could turn up some unsavoury information. And thirdly, without access to the most accurate and full information, private landlords often are forced to make decisions based on gut instinct. And this can prove to be very costly down the track if the wrong tenants are chosen and the rent goes unpaid or the condition of the property decreases drastically. And getting the right tenants into your rental is clearly an imperative. A good tenant will pay their rent, not make endless trivial demands on looking after the property and they will look after it as if it were their own. A bad tenant, on the other hand, can be your absolute worst nightmare. Rent arrears, damage, illegal activities, the headaches and the hassles can be endless. Then there's the risk of not following all of the required uh, procedures to the letter of the law. It's not uncommon that disputes involving rental payment, lease conditions and bond claims end up in a tribunal or court hearing and the judge or mediator will take into consideration whether you as the landlord have taken all the appropriate steps and can provide the appropriate records as evidence that this has all occurred. For example, if you wish to evict a tenant, you need to be able to demonstrate that you provided the required reminders, notices and applications at the correct intervals and on the right dates in order to get the demand you require issued. If you can't do so, 
You may not get the order you wish, such as an eviction notice, and the tenant is likely to be allowed to stay in the property. Then there's the risk that if you become friendly with the tenants, which often occurs, enforcing the lease agreement can also become very complicated. And breaches of the lease agreement can be detrimental to you as a landlord, and in some cases may actually void your insurance if, for example, your tenants sublet or run a business from the rental. On the flip side, here are five other reasons why I believe it's actually worth investing in a good dedicated specialist professional property manager. Firstly, when it comes to sourcing tenants, good professional property managers can tap into databases that give you access to a larger pool of quality tenants. In addition, property managers have access to thorough screening procedures, which can weed out applicants that are simply not suitable for the property right off the bat. Thirdly, property managers also have access to blacklisted tenancy databases for tenants who have bad rental histories. And property managers in a local area often talk with each other to share details on bad tenants to protect the area and their landlords. Now, this is information that private landlords never get to hear. Fourthly, property managers also perform all the time-consuming tasks involved with the rental. They arrange repairs and maintenance and usually have a panel of preferred suppliers on hand to perform the work. Property managers also deal with tenant requests and any complaints from neighbours 24-7. They conduct the rental inspections and provide a comprehensive report to the owner, ensuring important matters are raised with landlords and resolve to comply with all the legal and duty of care requirements. And finally, professional property managers give you access to specialist landlord insurance policies that are generally not available to private landlords because the insurers are actually protecting their interests and reducing their risk by only dealing with properties that are managed by property management professionals. For example, the common inclusions and in landlord policies are loss of rent and tenant damage. However, one that's sometimes overlooked is denial of access. If the tenant refuses to leave the property and you have to go to court to get them evicted, a denial of access clause in your landlord insurance will cover this. And you should be able to claim for loss of rent while you go through the eviction process. Because we often see landlords really struggle when it comes to this loss of rent. If they don't have specialised landlord insurance and the tenant has defaulted on the rent, they quickly discover that the bond is nowhere near enough to cover the missing rental income and then the cleanup when the tenant vacates, which is what most landlord insurance policies provided by the major general insurers rely on. And while the bond is absolutely there to protect a landlord, the timeframes to legally get a tenant out of a property when they default on their rent can often really stretch out. It generally takes about eight to 12 weeks and sometimes longer to get into tribunal or court, depending on the state. And there's the additional 14 day period where the tenant needs to vacate. So you could be looking at anywhere between 10 to 14 weeks until you get possession back of the property. On this basis, the four week bond is nowhere near enough to cover this. And this is where specialized landlord insurance via reputable property managers steps in. And making sure appropriate records are kept is absolutely super important especially when it comes to making a claim against your insurance. And in our experience, it's not a matter of if you'll ever make a claim, it's just a matter of when. When you need to make a claim, you often need to submit a pile of paperwork, including the tenancy application, lease agreements, bond lodgements, details about property inspections, notes on repairs and maintenance, 
and of course, the ledger of payment collected. Reputable property managers are required to have a trust account and they usually have all of this information right at their fingertips. And if things go pear-shaped and the tenancy needs to be ended, a good property manager knows precisely what to do to meet all of the statutory obligations. For example, issuing notices, applying for termination orders and appearing at tribunal. And if you end up in tribunal, and you will at some point during your investment property journey, you need to have professional representation as the legislation in all states is slanted in the favour of the tenant and the courts often look more favourably on your case if it's being professionally managed. And property managers' intimate knowledge of the legislation and ability to follow due process to the letter of the law will save you thousands, a lot of stress and a lot of sleepless nights. So understanding all of the laws and obligations is a key benefit of engaging a professional property manager. They're required to be up to date with legislation and all of the regulations and compliance clothes that apply to rental properties, not just the Residential Tenancies Authority, but also other applicable legislation, including building safety, strata laws, and short-term accommodation. Now, no one wants to fall foul of the law, and having a competent property manager handling your investment property can help ensure that this doesn't happen to you. Now, in my humble experience, the costs of engaging a good property manager are often more than offset by the additional rent an experienced manager can get you, the savings enjoyed by reducing tenant changeover and vacancy periods, and property managers often save you maintenance money because they generally get better deals from tradies they use uh, when they have them regularly on repairs. And of course, there's the considerable saving of your time, which will be better spent on earning additional money through your work than saving a few bucks on property management. With property management being around the cost of a large cup of coffee a day, you need to ask yourself whether it's really worth putting your highest priced assets at risk by trying to save this measly amount. So what are the approximate costs of using a property manager? Well, in return for relieving you as the owner of all the time consuming and sometimes onerous obligations of leasing, managing and maintaining a property, of course, the property managers charge you fees. Commission usually ranges from somewhere between six to 15% of the weekly rent and other fees can uh, sometimes apply for various services such as letting and lease renewal, admin fees, tenancy database checks, file preparation and tribunal attendance, end of financial year statements, lease transfer fees and insurance claims. Some will charge a flat fee or a flat percentage. And often it's the ongoing fees involved that are the reason that some landlords choose to self-manage. However, property management fees, just like landlord insurance premiums, are generally fully tax deductible. And remember, it's never about cost. It's always about the value achieved. So don't get caught chasing the lowest property management rate. Again, the difference between the cheapest property manager and the most expensive is often only a cup of coffee a week. So if you're prepared to put your highest price asset at risk for the cost of a cup of coffee, then you really need to think seriously about this. Being penny wise and pound foolish can end up being very costly. Now we understand that managing a rental can be complex, especially in terms of legal obligations and requirements. And for all of these reasons, we believe a great property manager is worth their weight in gold. So while self-managing might be the preferred option for those who can cope with the workload and have the time to fully understand the legal liability risk that's involved with do-it-yourself, engaging a property manager 
can be a wise move to ensure that you achieve and maintain a good return on your investment. So in my humble opinion, in the context of the ever-changing legislative environment that's increasingly favouring tenants, I don't think it's ever been more important for an investor to engage a good, dedicated, professional property manager. This is because a property manager can help you navigate all the changes in the latest legislation and make sure you don't inadvertently do anything wrong without even realising it. I also think it's important that there's a professional distance between the owner and the tenant. Sometimes this relationship becomes a little too cosy and it can be a lot harder to issue a breach notice or have a discussion about upping the rent if there's a friendship involved. So if getting a good dedicated specialist property manager is so critical to the success of your investment journey, how do you go about ensuring that you find and engage the best one available? Well, this is exactly what I'll help you with in our next property management series instalment. I'll give you the lowdown and share with you all of the questions that you need to ask and the performance benchmarks that you need to know to ensure you're engaging the best available property manager in your area. Because it's often what they don't say that's just as important. So being able to read between the lines is absolutely critical here. And for more deep dives on the importance of all things property management, look out for my recent conversations on both Realty Talk and the Get Invested podcast with Dennis Yusuf from Inspired Growth Training. That's more food for thought. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to sharing with you again sometime soon. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. Another big thanks to our special guests, Nicola McDougall and James Bow. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Australia's longest-running and most popular online property show, subscribe to Realty Talk now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen and make sure you sign up on the realty.com.au homepage to get a free copy of my book, Get Invested, so that you get every episode in your inbox every week. And while you're there, make sure you check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally. Thanks again to realty.com.au and BMT Tax Depreciation for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 